If you are in Sydney or Melbourne, listen up because we have some exciting news for you. Listen. Yeah, listen. Saturday, July. (laughs) Melbourne, we are doing Do Go On The Quiz Show live one night only or one afternoon only. Part of the Replay Festival at Comedy Republic on Saturday, July 6th at 3pm. This is 2024. And then the next weekend in Sydney, we are going up for a live Do Go On podcast at the fabulous Ritz Cinema on Saturday, July 13th at 3pm. Also 2024. Yeah, 2024. Yeah. Listen. 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 And get tickets. Buy tickets. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicke and as always I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello. Hello. How low can you go? Oh. Uh, how about this low? Hello. And I'll have Hello. my go. Hello. Oh. Okay. That didn't quite work out. You suck at everything. Uh, well, except at explaining how the show works. Oh, okay, good. You were going for the same thing. <laughs> Uh, Matt, I'll take this one. Uh, what we do here is we take it in terms of report on a topic often suggested to us by one of the listeners. We go away, do a bit of research, bring it back to the group, and uh, it's my turn to do that this week. I've picked a topic. You two don't know what it's going to be about. And to get us on the topic, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to fold my laptop because I think Jess is going to cheat because you're an absolute cheat. I'm an absolute cheat. If I can see that screen, I'm looking. You're looking. Hey, Dave, before you get started, can I just have a quick look at your screen? No reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can I just uh, I'll click share with you because you yep. are coming down the line. You are uh, podcasting from Alabama, I believe. <laughs> a Brisbane. Similar. Sorry. <laughs> often get those two confused. All right, my question to you is, uh, and if Matt doesn't get this, he gets the excuse of being on delay. Jess, you've got no excuse. Mm. In 2001, both of you were alive, <laughs> which Asian country... Had three kings in three days. Whoa. Ooh. I love the sound of this. Yeah, it's going to be a fun story, I think. Uh, uh, any ideas, Matt? Uh, what, what's a king? Uh, does Malaysia have kings? It's not Malaysia. Thailand recently had a changeover, didn't they? But that, I think that was one long-serving king. Yeah, I think about seven decades of the same <laughs> so king not, they had. Not oh, Thailand. Wow. <laughs> um, we know that uh, Mao Zedong... Uh, and well, no, when did when did Mousy kick the bucket? But he was never a king anyway. He was like more of a. That's he, right. 
who's yeah. the leader. Um, My guess is Nepal. <laughs> oh, can I go? Really? I, I'm going to go with Jess on this. I'm going to also go Nepal. How long ago did you look at this screen, oh, Jess? It, it's been, your computer's been open for ages. It was right there. Uh, the bold. answer, uh, I actually tricked you, is Malaysia. It is Nepal. It is Nepal. <laughs> I, you had me go for a second. I was like, then why did he write answer Nepal? It's so confusing. Did he know I would look? Yeah. yeah. I tricked everyone. I tricked everyone, including wow, myself. You including got my... us. I want to say, for the person who's uh, keeping tally, I still get that point. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, cheating's, cheating's fine. Cheating, schmeating. I still said it first, didn't I? So, so yes, the answer is Nepal. And this topic, uh, though, those three days of Changes of Kings, which we'll get to why that happened, uh, been suggested by two people. Richard from Nepal, currently in Sydney, although this was suggested in 2018. Where are you now, Richard? Oh. That's my question. And also Mahima Bandari from Geelong, but they were in Nepal during this turbulent time oh, in the story. Cool. I met someone uh, just recently who was from Nepal in Newcastle, had just moved there from Sydney. Their name was not Richard, so it's not the same person, but... Okay. Was their name <laughs> Makes Richie? you think, huh? Or Dickie? Uh, no, no, it was Rick. They, he oh, said, okay. Rick, no Different relation person. to Richard. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me give you a bit of background on Nepal. Uh, it is a landlocked country between China and India, lying along the southern slopes of the Himalayan mountain ranges. Beautiful. Beautiful mountains. Gorgeous. Beautiful. It boasts some very famous past and present residents, including Mount Everest. Of course. You think of Mount Everest as a resident. Yeah, still there, still there. Everest could move. We could get Everest. It's like the Olympics. You've got to sort of bid for it. Uh, and, yeah, we've, we've really thrown our hat in the ring. We do Australia not have got the uh, appropriate weather, apparently, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. That, that'd yeah. be a real boon for our economy, I think. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Real pat boon for our economy. So it's got Mount Everest and also... Gautama Buddha, the founder of Buddhism. Ah. Oh, I thought it was going to be the founder of guitar, guitars <laughs> and rock and roll. Yeah, that was a side project, please. Could have done both. Uh, Nepal was unified as a Hindu kingdom in 1768, founded by King Prithvi Narayan Shah. The Shah dynasty then ruled as an absolute monarchy uh, under successive kings until 1846 when there was a huge shift in power. Also, I'm going to say here, I've looked up a lot of pronunciations for these names. If you are uh, from Nepal or from that region of the world, I have tried very hard to say these names correctly, but there will be a couple that I'm obviously having a stab at. Yeah, if, if, you, if you want to um, tweet in with criticisms, can you hashtag it Nepaling pronunciation? <laughs> <laughs> Please, I encourage this. I encourage this. A fast-rising military leader, Jung Bahadu Rana, looked as if he threatened the Shah's hold on power. So the, the Queen Raja Lakshmi plotted to stop this upstart military leader. She had several hundred princes and chieftains executed after a clash between military personnel and administrators loyal to the Queen in what is known as the Cot Massacre. So the Queen tried to quell this uprising by killing lots of people, but it didn't work. Despite this, Jung Bahadur Rana eventually emerged victorious and founded the Rana dynasty. He kept the monarch on, but made it a titular figure without any power Ah. and declared himself Prime Minister, which he then made a hereditary role. 
So his son became prime minister and so on and so on. So they replaced the king to basically create a king with a new name. I'd actually be all right with being a queen with none of the power. Queen in name only. Kind of like the queen of England? (laughs) Yeah. I want to be the queen and I want to have like a staff (laughs) looking after me. Yep. And not to really have to worry about budgeting. You know, um, but I don't want to have to make any big decisions. Do you want to have to open plaques and things like that? I'd rather not. Okay. But if I had to do a, a couple a year, yeah, I'd do that. A couple of appearances, you know, kiss some babies, sign some babies, whatever. <laughs> You're right, Matt. Just like the Queen. Sounds great. <laughs> I'm guessing uh, him and his followers were like, "Where this is righteous, we're going to take down this system, bring, give it back to the people, and then just slowly made it the same thing again. <laughs> yeah, just made exactly yeah. the same Hey, yeah, Prime Ministers, people get to vote for those and they're like, fantastic. And then he's like, all right, my son's the next Prime Minister yeah. and his son. I have voted son. for him. Yeah. I, I said people vote for him. I voted for him. Yeah. Sure, he's three. The justification must be like, hey, look, we all know that I'm, the, I'm a good person, right? We, that's why we did this. And, but who can we, tr- do, can we trust the people to pick the right person? I'm not sure that we can. My son, I'm sure I'll make sure he's he's a good bloke, and he'll be mm. he'll be good too. Promise, and it won't be him growing up <laughs> as the heir apparent and in living in a palace certainly won't make him a bit of a weirdo and end up um, <laughs> <laughs> having strange ideas about what the world is. So he'll be in touch with the people, just like me, just like his dad. And they passed on the position of Prime Minister to nine separate successors for 100 years. Wow. The backing of the British helped them stay in power. That was integral. Okay. That was integral. Uh, Then to quote from Britannica here, the British withdrawal from India in 1947 deprived the Ranas, who were the Prime Ministers, of a vital external source of support and exposed the regime to new dangers. (gasps) One of those dangers really came through when a democracy movement of the early 1950s saw them overthrown with support from the then monarch of Nepal, King Tribhuvan, who, remember, was just a figurehead at the time. Yeah, the, the perfect kind of king. Right. In my opinion. But soon after the overthrow of the Ranas, King Tribhuvan was reinstated as the head of state. So he's like, I'm, I'm in charge again, I'm back. Oh. And uh, this is a quote from the government of Nepal's foreign affairs website which I've uh, enjoyed a lot this week. I bet you have. That sounds very interesting and fun. <laughs> in uh, early 1959, Tribhuvan's son, King Mahendra, issued a new constitution and the first democratic elections for a national assembly were held. So he's bringing democracy back. Fantastic. The Nepali Congress Party was victorious and their leader, Bisheshwar Prasad Kurala, formed a government and served as prime minister. This time an elected Prime Minister. Fantastic. Okay. But by 1960, the following year, King Mahendra changed his mind and dissolved Parliament, dismissing the first democratic government. So he went, actually, this isn't such a good idea. I'm in charge. That's Okay. Really, Tom Brady'd it. I'm retiring. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. Actually. Actually, I kind of miss it. I want to be king again of the NFL. (laughs) In fact, most of the party's leaders were imprisoned. Oh. So they tried to have a constitutional monarchy, but it didn't work out right away or for quite a long time. Again from Britannica, King Mahendra attained both Indian and Chinese acceptance of his regime and the internal opposition was weak, disorganised and discouraged. And he was able to hold on to the throne until 1972 when he died and his son, Barendra, 
took the throne. And Berendra is integral to the story we are talking about today. Okay. King Berendra. So he was the oldest son of Mahendra and his first wife, Indra. His mother, Indra, died during the birth of their sixth child and the death of the crown princess led to the building of the kingdom's first maternity hospital. Oh. Before that, they didn't have one. Uh, Mahendra was widowed, this is the king, then married his first wife's younger sister, Ratna. Really loves that whole uh, hereditary passing it down thing, even wives. Yeah. <laughs> you keep, them, keep them coming. How many more you got? How many more? That does feel, you hear that happen a little bit. I mean, I've never known anybody, but you hear those stories sometimes and it's like, well, I guess you don't have to then like go through meeting the family again. Absolutely right. You know? so, surnames and all that, you know, yeah. um, affected. And, and you're also like, well, I mean, I really liked, I, I loved someone who was very similar genetically to this person. Yeah. You know? DNA yeah, shared was. a lot of DNA. Yeah, very, very similar. Chimps and humans are 98% similar. Her and her sister, probably like 90, <laughs> 98.5, 99 Maybe yeah. even, you know, Yeah, higher. so what do you want me to do, marry a chimp yeah. or I can marry my my wife, my dead wife's sister? Come on. Who is also a chimp? Well, I love chimps. <laughs> I love chimps. Is there a problem here? I'm the king. I can marry whatever I like. That lamp, that bookshelf, record player. I've married them all. So he remarried the sister or married the sister. Uh, they had no more children That's though. That's probably a good idea because then the kids would be like siblings and cousins. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I am right. So, and then aunties become mum, auntie mum. Oh, yeah, they because they'd already know. Oh, yeah, it's messy. Auntie stepmum. No, that's nice. It's nice. I think that is the nice, more actually, consolidation yeah. we can do, you know, you would talk about in the modern life, you want to consolidate things. More time for me. So, you just consolidate family mm-hmm. members into one. Don't you think that would be easier? <laughs> yeah, I think that would be nice. Uh, honestly, that sounds like. The logic of a cult leader that marries every single person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on, if, congregation. You know, I don't want. I don't want there to be any kind of jealousy because I've married like two or three of the women. So I'm just going to marry all of I them. I marry them all, and then we're all equal. And I love you all the same. Obviously, Sandra's number one. But yeah, obviously, I love you all. The My same. number one wife. Number two. I, I, I have got a ranking. There is system. a ranking system. And I will publish it. that. I will that. publish that on the uh, notice board. Sarah, you've uh, really been letting me down lately. You are slipping to 13th. You have dropped a few spots. But I love Sorry, you Sarah. basically the same. Basically. We're talking a couple of percentage well, points. It's fractional. It's, it's little fractions here, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes but yes, I have a favourite. The oldest son, Berendra, the one who's integral to this story, yep. had been educated at the prestigious and expensive Eton College in the UK. Ah. Ooh, we heard about that in recent episodes or past episodes, didn't we? Like a lot of... UK Prime Ministers studied there. Yes, that's right. A lot of world leaders, especially from the UK, but also from around the world go there. Scott Morrison went there, I think. (laughs) You know, all the good world leaders. Yeah. By the time this comes out, who knows? Remember there was someone who was like um, talking about how they donated to charities and one of the charities turned out to be Eaton. (laughs) I can't remember what episode that was. I found that very funny. No, I don't remember. That's Given to the needy. But he went to Eton, that's cool. That's right, and the kids at Eton will be eaten tonight for the first time in a long time after my donation. <laughs> You're welcome, children. You're welcome. You are welcome. You are the future leaders. <laughs> Everyone gets a free Jaguar. Animal or car? <laughs> Both. Whoa. Pop the boot. You're going to love what you find in there. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so he went to Eton where he was later described by his classmates as, quote, a very, very nice bloke who was embarrassed when his full title was read out at the school assembly. <laughs> oh, don't, Principal, please. No, don't oh, no. say it. I'm shy. He went on to study at the University of Tokyo and Harvard. Am I saying that right? The University of Harvard. Yes. Mm. Saying that right? Harvard. Thank you. Uh, and he had just turned 26 when his father died. He married his, uh, his wife, who became Queen Ashwara, who was his second cousin. They love it in the family. I love it. And also a member of the Rana family, the group that had ruled as prime ministers for 100 years. Oh, wow. That feels like a very good match then. Yeah, so I guess by marrying up, he uh, sort of shored up the two families yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, Dave, did you say he married his wife? Yeah. Were they, like, is that allowed to marry someone who's already your wife? You know when you redo your vows? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's really consolidating things. I had written he married his queen, but that made me feel weird, so I changed Why? it for that's life. nice. He married his queen. You should marry your queen. I think that's every wedding I go to, I'm sure I've heard them say, I'm marrying my queen. <laughs> Weddings are so weird. Uh, I love them, but fuck, it's so funny to see your friends and you've, it's like it's the one day where they have this really private conversation, but they have it in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, true. oh, are you sure you guys, you don't need some privacy while you do these vows? <laughs> they they use their very private pet names publicly. Yeah. You're like, are you sure you wanted to do that? Matt, I thought it was weird at my wedding when you heckled with get a room. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, it was a bit much. <laughs> yeah, it was. Honestly, you killed though, you killed. That heckle was, you killed. Oh, I love killing with a heckle. <laughs> <laughs> Groom slaps down heckler. You won't believe what he says. <laughs> Check out that YouTube video on my page. <laughs> anyway, he married his wife who became his queen, all this stuff. And their wedding was huge. It actually has its own entry on a wedding website I found called wikipedia.org. Okay. Did you come across that when you were doing the uh, wedding planning? Yeah, that's right, actually. Yeah. I did. So it's just like anything, any kind of references you might need for planning a wedding? Or yeah. like, But it, it seems like it also has like the history of weddings. Yeah, it does. And actually I'll, I'll read from that page and you'll honestly notice that my wedding was a bit hack. I did all of these things. Okay, great. Hey, Dave, just before you go on, I, I'd like to, um, I feel like I have to pass this on. Someone tweeted at us recently uh, Petition for you to stop the Wikipedia joke. <laughs> My answer, fuck off. I'm putting it on the record, okay? <laughs> okay, and on the record, fuck off. <laughs> Lighten up. Jesus let Christ. Us, look, let us have this. Look at the fucking news. The world is on fire and three little dickheads in Melbourne and Brisbane today make a little joke on a weekly basis That's where we don't know what Wikipedia is and it's a bit of fucking fun. <laughs> Lighten up. If that's the worst thing that's happened in your day, look inward, you miserable piece of shit. <laughs> I think I went too far with that last bit, but yes, I'm not yes. apologising. I agree. Lighten up. I think I need to send you the Wikipedia page for apology. <laughs> now, Wikipedia, is that an apology website? It's an apology website. <laughs> But it's also a wedding website. Let me read from the page. Let me read from the page. Their wedding had an extensive preparation. Yep. Four white stallions were brought from England. Yes. Flowers from the Netherlands. So far you can see my wedding very yeah, much. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Even like the destinations you got the stallions <laughs> and the flowers. Yeah. 
Uh, exotic foods were brought from New Delhi in two planes, including 130 Indian waiters and 40 taxi cabs. Dave, this is eerie. That's <laughs> so gross. And you're, you're, hang on. No, 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 no. Hand on your heart. You're promising you had not read about this wedding when you planned your own. Um, next question. Oh, okay. You remember this bit? 200 automobiles were brought from Germany and Japan. I do remember, yes. <laughs> do. There's already 40 taxis as well, so they're getting... Automobiles from everywhere. Everywhere. Mm. Uh, the singer Durba Palace was cleaned to make room for the bride's family. The roads of Kathmandu were repaved and streetlights were reinstalled. Wow. Government buildings were whitewashed and new walls were built for older constructions. Government buildings do tend to be a little bit whitewashed. Don't you agree? <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Good one. Good Matt? one. <laughs> <laughs> Is that anything? Did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, two new second-class hotels were taken by government to serve the guests. I mean, they could have taken first-class hotels, couldn't they? Second-class hotels. Mm, anyway. Embarrassing. I don't know what this means, but the hippies and the hashish market, then illegal business, were closed months before the wedding. So they closed down the hippies and the hashish market. Get out of here, hippies. Get a haircut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They shaved down the whole hippie's precinct. Can you believe? A postal stamp was issued to mark the occasion and the cost of the wedding was thought to be between 9 and 16 million US dollars. Love a vague guess like that. That's a big jump, isn't it? Yeah. Nepal's annual budget at the time was 66 million. Wow. And so the wedding was... About 20% of their national budget. I assume assuming that everyone living there uh, was... Doing well, and there were, you know, there were no other things that needed the money. Then fine, spend. Yeah, a, it's fine. A silly right. amount Everyone's of money on comfortable and has yeah somewhere to sleep. <laughs> and I'm assuming that's the case. So they had this massive wedding, and Berendra took the throne in 1972. But he wasn't crowned king for three years, based on the advice of court astrologers who said that a better time for the coronation would be in three years' time. Three years. And uh, as we'll hear again in the story, the court. Astrologers were very influential on the monarchy. Okay. They based a lot of their decisions on these these predictions. And again from that uh, wedding website, wikipedia.org, which apparently also has a section that describes coronations. Okay. A little subsection. That's interesting because the two don't generally go hand in hand. But uh, in this case they did. So Berendra, this is his coronation. There he was smeared with mud taken from various symbolic places, the bottom of a lake, the tusk of an elephant, a mountain, the confluence of two rivers and the doorstep of a sex worker's house. Yeah, that's the big go. six. The big six. Then with Queen Ashwara beside him, he was cleansed with butter, milk, yogurt and honey as priests uh, chanted praises and salutations. Butter, milk, yogurt and honey. That's sticky. Yeah, nice brekkie though. Good way to clean off mud. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like red wine and white wine. You know, you get yeah. red wine out with white wine. You get mud out with butter, honey and eggs. Yogurt. <laughs> yogurt. And, and milk. And it's like when Lisa Simpson had bubblegum in her hair and they just piled more and more <laughs> stuff on top. It's like yeah. that. And then eventually just cut it off. That sounds like a, a relaxing day to one of those fancy spas. It totally does. And a lot of royalty and statespeople from around the world were watching on, including Prince Charles. He was there. Really? Watching this honey ceremony. So Berendra was on the throne and he ruled the country and political parties remained effectively banned until 1990. 
but an economic crisis at the end of the 80s led to a popular movement that resulted in strikes and protests across the nation. And the king had no choice but to make reforms and in a pretty amazingly quick time, Nepal transformed into a constitutional monarchy and a multi-party parliamentary political system. Hmm. A lot of the royal family were unhappy with the king conceding most of his power to the constitutional monarchy and it was a source of tension, let me tell you. Mm. Source of tension is another thing that he used to get the mud off. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you must have missed that, Dave, in your research, but source of tension, it was there. Certainly. And the source of tension, how would you describe flavouring? You'll, ha- you'll have a bite, you'll taste it and you'll be like, oh, nothing. And then you'll be like, wait, well, what's going on? I'm- do I not know how to taste anymore? What's happened to my taste buds? Are they failing? Oh, my God. Wait, have I got COVID or something else has happened? And then I go mm. bang mm. and the tension's broken and it's beautiful. Wow. And that tastes like everything all at once. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. That's a bit overwhelming actually. Yeah, that's yeah. a bit much. Yeah, probably not good for chippies. Only for special occasions. Very rich. <laughs> not Moorish at <laughs> very. all. Oh, very rich, yeah. It's like one of those very chocolatey cakes. Yeah, yeah, you okay. go. Just a sliver. Just a sliver of source of tension, please. <laughs> the first bite is almost certainly enough and it never gets better from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, let's share a, let's share a piece. Share this? Yeah, between five people. A lot of craft beers are like that where they sound great, they're hectic and you have a sip. But you've you've ordered a pint of it, and you're like, you're enjoying yeah. <laughs> yeah. the first quarter of it. You're loving it, and by the end, you're mm. wishing you're wishing you went for a pot. Yeah, I feel like they should serve them in like pints, schooners, pots, ponies, and maybe like a teaspoon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. can, I, can I can I have a thimble, teaspoon of that? A thimble. Oh, I'd love a thimble of that. Thank you so much. Thank you so and much. Obviously, for them to make money, you still pay the full price. But honestly, you, you're doing yourself a favour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't want a pint of so, that. So, sorry, same price for a pint or a thimble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems like a bad business model. <laughs> or actually a very good business right. model. <laughs> yeah, for them. For them, yeah. So there's a new government. Uh, the king's now given up a lot of his power and the new government wasn't very popular with the people either. Throughout the 1990s, three main players were jostled for power in Nepal. Two were the largest political parties. We have the Nepali Congress or the NC and then also the Communist Party of Nepal sometimes described as the Maoists, okay. similar to Chairman Mao Zedong. There you go, Matt. Thank you. And the third edge of the triangle was, of course, the royal family. The Communist Party were especially in favour of overthrowing the monarchy. Yeah, of course they were. They, uh, they were a real threat to them. In 1996, the Maoists announced the People's War and there was bloodshed across the country. Mm. Very violent time. So it was already very turbulent across Nepal, but in 2001, something happened that would transform the royal family and the country forever. A surprising event that no one could see coming. Yes, any guesses? 2001. Yeah. Was that the year that Jet released Get Born? <laughs> I think that was 2003. And, okay. This is the year that uh, Jet uh, recorded their demos that they sent to Sony that would one day result <laughs> in the Get release Born. of Get Born. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> I don't know what else it could be if it wasn't get a ball. Get bored. Well, we'll find out. Do you want to? Let's meet the rest of the royal family. Okay. They are this story. So, we already have the king and queen, King Barendra and Queen Aishwarya. Both came from big families with multiple siblings. Uh, the queen's younger sister, and they love to keep it in the family, as we've already established. The queen's younger sister, uh, Prekshaya, married the king's brother, Prince Durendra. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't mind that. Brothers marrying sisters. Yeah. 
That's fine, I guess. What about twin brothers marrying twin sisters? Oh. And they live and they live in the same house together. There was a story. I just there was a story online the other day that had a photo of have you seen that? I think it was went a little bit viral. Yeah. They were wearing the same clothes and people thought it was weird. <laughs> I'm like, hey, and we you... don't know. We don't know the inner workings of that yeah. house where the twins share and wear the same clothes and and house and maybe even partners. Who we don't know if that's how <laughs> that all works. <laughs> Do you think identical twins are better at telling apart other identical twins? Oh, good question. Like noticing the subtle differences. Yeah, because you know how people, some people are just like, I just can't figure it out. Uh, and that's very annoying for identical twins. Do you think people who are identical twins see another set and go, got it, I know exactly who's who here? I guess I'm wondering if they do ever accidentally squeeze their sister-in-law's butt instead of their wife. <laughs> Oops, so sorry. Oh, that is not my wife's bottom. <laughs> You'd obviously know your wife's bottom by touch. Yeah, oh, yeah, so you know but your it's wife's too late by, by touch. then. Yeah. already touched yeah, it. That's true. Sure, you could stare at it, but that'd be odd. <laughs> Okay, so we're talking about the royal family. The king and queen had three children. Princess Shruti, who was 24 in 2001, and Prince Narajan, who was 23. And their older brother, Crown Prince Dipendra, who was 29, heir to the throne and also integral oh, to today's story. Okay. Now remind me who was the first person you said was integral to today's story? Uh, king Barendra. And that's his... His dad. Dad. And he's the oldest son. Yes. He's the heir to the throne when his dad dies. He... It's assumed it's will him. take the role. Yeah. So he's 29 years old in 2001. Uh, Prince Dipendra was popular with his people who affectionately referred to him as Dippy. I was going to say, if I had to have a stab, I was going to say Dippy. Dippy. And it would have probably fantastic. been my joke answer, but I love it. Dippy. 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 Wasn't that the nickname of the big Diplodocus that was... <laughs> Built-in country <laughs> no, Australia no. somewhere. They should have gone with that, but they called him Ploddy. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Ploddy. Ploddy's not right. That's Ploddy's so fun, dippy. but Dippy's better. Dippy. Dippy's way better. <laughs> dippy. We did a, a Patreon bonus episode going through all the big things around Australia. And uh, what, what is it? Ploddy, the dinosaur, claims to be possibly the first one, but it's uh, a bit controversial. Yeah, <laughs> Who's <right>. first? <laughs> Jeez, you've got a good memory, Dave. Jess, any recollection of that? No idea. I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like his father, Dippy or Prince Deprendra was educated at Eton. Mm -hmm. He excelled at karate oh. and was captain of Eton's school karate team, receiving the rank of black belt. And apparently whilst at school he never lost a match. Whoa. It was during his time in England that he reportedly met the love of his life, Devyani Rana, who was also studying in England at the time. Rana. Yes. Interesting but you notice the last name there. Hmm. Devyani also came from a wealthy aristocratic background, the wealth of which actually dwarfed even that of the royal family. Oh, my God. Her family was stinking rich. So Wealthier wealthy. than the royal family. Like, to the point where they looked down on the royal's oh, wealth. Oh, that's the dream. <laughs> it's not. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not a... Uh, but that would be fun to be like, that's a really cute Rolls Royce you have, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> so nice. Oh, you've got oh. Ford and oh, that, that for your single wedding, roller. 
Oh, that's so good. No, that's so nice. That's great. 40 taxis. What do you have to get them to do four trips each? I think it's easy if you just get 160 taxis <laughs> and they just have to drive one way. That's, that's oh, my, that, that that's feels like it. a bit of a bit of a cost. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 that's fine. That's what I did Ooh. for my wedding, but all right. Oh, oh, you dropped that $100 bill. Oh, actually, that was me and I'm not even going to pick it I up. I don't even care. <laughs> you, you, you probably need it. I blow it my nose with those. <laughs> Like, I'm just obnoxious about it. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping notes on purpose just to prove they don't need need it. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful stables you have. Look at all of these three horses. Wow. It's, are you okay? It's so sad how you live. Oh, it's amazing what welfare can pay for. <laughs> you know, the doll these days, you can get three horses. Good for you. Good on you. Are you a little battler? Has there been some sort of a horse-killing <laughs> virus go through your stables? Only got three left. Is that what happened, I assume? Why, where are Aww. your other hundreds of horses that most people have, I assume? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was also the great-granddaughter of the last Rana Prime Minister of Nepal. Remember, the Ranas were the ones that held the Shah monarchy back for 100 years yeah. by passing on the prime ministership. So she's from that family. Her mother came from a very rich and powerful Indian family and the Nepalese king and queen did not approve of her as a match for their son, Prince Dipendra. Probably because of that uh, that history, do you think? A bit of a Romeo and Juliet type thing here? A bit of that, but remember the queen actually came from that side as oh, well. Yeah. But I think they actually didn't like her mother's side of the family, the Indian family. For some reason, there was beef there, a bit of tension okay. between their families. Bit of source of tension. Then the queen mother, that is Dippy's grandmother, mm-hmm. well, probably step-grandma because it's his uh, grandfather's second wife, also didn't approve of the relationship and in an attempt to sabotage it, had the royal astronomer examine their connection. Ooh. Oh, pulling out the big guns. <laughs> the big guns. And would you believe it, the, the astronomer foresaw that Devyani would be unlikely to produce a male heir and therefore was an unsuitable wife? Right. So she's like, I don't like you. I'm going to go talk to the people that work for me and they're going to tell me that you're not good. And the astrologer's like, I'm going to be completely impartial. You seem really nice. Your ovaries are dud, though. Yeah. So Sorry. that's just not going to work. Sorry. So the family didn't approve of Devyani. It's believed that Dipendra, their son, was threatened with being disinherited if he continued with the match, so the affair had to continue in secret. Well, why doesn't he just marry her anyway? Because her family's loaded. They're looked after regardless. It's, I know. it's not really a fall from grace if her family's richer than your royal family. Well, let me say that Devyani's family were also sceptical of the union. Damn it! Because the royal family had so much less money than their own. They thought that if she became queen, she'd have to get used to a less lavish lifestyle and it was seen as a real downgrade for her to, to become, become the queen, queen of Nepal. That is incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think you, she, they must be billionaires. You should hate these people, but that is fucking funny. <laughs> that is so good. Honey, you can't marry a prince. What, and then you'll grow up and be a queen. Oh, yuck. Oh, you, okay, well... Now, let's pretend you have a quarter of the staff that you have now. How are you going to get anything done? Oh, my God. How are you going to get anything done? You'll have to work a lot harder. You're probably going to have to put your own clothes on. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about that? Is he worth that? Mm. And that's embarrassing to me, your mother. If you have less money, you know, you're going to have to start combining things like wives and sisters and, you know, all these (laughs) jobs. You won't have enough. 
you won't have enough staff members to do them all. So your your sons are going to have to become mm. your brothers and your sisters, <laughs> your grandmothers. It's going to be pretty crazy, but, you know, good luck. You know? Yeah. If that's what you want. That's so funny that, like, that sort of class, that classism, but it's like you're looking down on the royal family. The royal family. That is so funny. The, the people that spend one-sixth of the... Uh, economy on, on a, a wedding, wedding and, you're, and like, you're like, oh, oh only one sixth. Oh, this my is so God. embarrassing. What are they doing on a budget? Yeah. Oh, that's so, so good. I also read from at least one source that Dippy himself threatened to poison himself if Devyani refused to marry him, even though his family and her family, they're the ones opposing it. So he's a bit all over the place and I must say quite intense. Yeah, okay. So he's threatening her. Even yeah. though she's like, nah, dude, I want to be with you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Every, it's everyone against us. We're in it together. We should, if anything, you should be sticking with me and maybe threatening your parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you thought about that? So all of this was a bit of a scandal. Yeah. According to the ABC, our very own ABC, newspaper clippings at the time reveal the prince's decision to not marry as he reached his 30s, remember he's 29, yeah. was threatening his status as heir to the throne. So the people of Nepal were talking about how it's weird that their crown prince wasn't married yet. Right. And, and the main reason he wasn't was because behind the scenes he's in love with a woman that he's not allowed to marry. Yeah. So, but yeah, the people are questioning it going, why isn't, really he should get going with making an heir because that's his job. That's his job. Right. He's the heir and he needs to make another heir. Yeah, people are talking about it. And that wasn't the only source of family tension. Oh. Some say that Dippy was angry at his father for giving way to the constitutional monarchy, feeling he'd given away too much power, and he was worried that he was inheriting a diminished role. Oh, he's like, what's the point of being yeah. king anyway? It's, it means nothing. It means nothing. He's kind of like, I'm giving up my the love of my life to b- become king, and then it's really ceremonial. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, who gives a shit? So he's like, Dad, you shouldn't have done that. So that was... There was tense and also apparently that I think the Queen Mother was also a bit like, why the hell is my son, was stepson doing that? Hmm. After finishing school, Dipendra set out on a military career, receiving military training from the Academy of Royal Nepalese Gurkha Army and piloting training from the Civil Aviation Department. So he's militarily trained. But everything came to a head on June the 1st, 2001. Mm-hmm. Dippy hosted 22 people at his residence on that night. And his house was within the large royal palace. They've all got their own houses. Within the palace. Yep. Oh, that's good. I'd want mine to look like a little fairy cottage. <laughs> it's like a like Disneyland with different lands. Yeah. Oh, Jess is over in Fairyland. Oh, Fairyland. And I'm over in like Star Wars world. Yeah. Or something. I'm Where in the are Millennium you, Matt? Falcon. I'm in uh, Fridge Land. Old Man Land. <laughs> Which is the same as Fridge Land. Actually, you know, we're on ice over there, just know. trying to. The age. Did you just look around oh, yeah. the room and just panic and say fridge? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fridge land. I didn't understand the oh. question. <laughs> I was because well, my mind was thinking about when I was a kid, I think just outside of Australia outside of Melbourne, I should say, there was a fairy land, I think. I remember going to it in, oh. in primary school excursion and it was like there was a jack and the beanstalk thing and a like all these fairy tale things, maybe? A very vague memory may not be true. Sounds I feel like, like I heaven. <laughs> How long ago did you go to school? <laughs> I was, well, it was when Jack and the Beanstalk was happening. That's why they made it. <laughs> when the it was statue. real, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're hanging out with the brothers <laughs> Grimm. So Dippy's had a bunch of friends over at his house within the castle. That's right, 22 people. And the guests consisted of three generations of royalty and their, their close friends. 
There was nothing unusual about the get-together. His family tried to catch up on the first and third Friday of each month. It was a regular thing. That's not bad. Every couple of weeks, I think that's a reasonable amount of time to see family if they live close by, you know, like every couple of weeks I think is pretty reasonable. Yeah, especially if like a lot of you live within the palace. Yeah, yeah, you can can manage that. Uh, The get-togethers were usually pretty casual affairs organised at the last second, but on this particular evening, Dependra wanted to know in advance who was coming to the party. Okay. He got, he got some, some RSVPs. But apart from that, it all seemed pretty normal. Just for catering purposes. Yeah. How many places am I, am I staff setting at the table? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and his, his, his girlfriend's like, oh, can you afford stuff? I didn't think you were able to. Oh, that's cute. Do you think anyway. the one staff member setting the table will have time? <laughs> I'd have eight. I have people that act as my table and I eat off their backs. <laughs> So people started arriving a bit after 8pm and Dependra left the party to go and get the Queen Mother, the matriarch of the family. Okay. He picked her up in his car. She's also his grandmother, the Queen Mother, just for context. Uh, They returned to the party a bit after 8 where the gathering was split into two groups. Okay, bit of trivia. We're going to play Pictionary. (laughs) Are we we going in teams? No, we're going to two rooms. Yeah, so then they they could all devise a plan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're going to win Pictionary. A bit of strategy. Yeah, okay. (laughs) <laughs> Two different games in different rooms and you rotate. Is that what's going on Exactly. Now? Fun. They were playing games because most of the guests were in the billiard room. Yeah. With a billiard table. And next door in a room very close by. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. You're speeding through that. So in the billiard room there was a billiard table? Is that right? <laughs> no, they just had balls on the floor. <laughs> I don't know if you heard. The, the royal family aren't very wealthy. They can't afford a table. <laughs> But they still call it the billiard room. They just have a ball pit made of billiard balls. It's very painful for the children. Ow! It hurts. So most of the people in this, this is like the, the, the happening party. This is where the younger people are hanging out. They're drinking. Playing billiards. Playing billiards, getting in the ball pit. And next door, very close by in another room, in a much quieter setting was the queen mother, the king, the queen, and some other older ladies. Yeah, okay. A bit more, bit more civilised. Uh, Dippy's closest confidant in the family was his cousin, Paris Shah, who, according to a documentary I watched called Zero Hour, which is a TV series, mm-hmm. he was seen as above the law. Oh. And in the TV series, they say he once killed two motorists during a hit and run and also shot a bouncer in one of Kathmandu's nightclubs and no charges were ever brought. Freaking hell. If you're going to know somebody who's above the law, I guess you want them on your side? Yeah, want to be your friend? I'm guessing that means that all these people are seen as above the law. Yeah, I guess so. Because he's like, you know, he's related to the king. Yeah. But he's like the nephew. He's not even in line for the throne. Uh, No one seemed to notice early on in the evening that Dependra was drinking heavily, knocking back famous grouse scotch whiskies. Scotch whiskey. I just love Famous Grouse, my favourite name for a drink. So yeah, I that's mention amazing. It. I just liked uh, Jess sort of did a whisper <laughs> echo. <laughs> Scotch whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Really setting the scene here. <laughs> he suddenly appeared noticeably drunk to members of the family and stopped playing pool to sit on a couch. He then started smoking hashish or marijuana, which was seen as a very rude thing to do in front of his elders. You do it in private. You do it. In, you don't smoke anything in front of your elders in in yeah, their you culture. Do it in front of your youngers. Do they smoke things? The elders? I don't think so. I think it's just like yeah, you don't smoke. You shouldn't be smoking at the party. Okay. But yeah, I think it, it's especially offensive if the king and and your elders are there. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, clearly not in a great way after the drinking and smoking. 
He started a fight with a guest, so his cousin Paris and younger brother Narajan decided to put the crown prince to bed to sleep it off. Sleep it off. They sort of they carried him, carried him back to his bed. What's the old rhyme? It's it's a uh, beer then grass. You're on your ass, isn't it? Grass then mm. beer. Yeah. You're in the clear. Beer then grass. You're on your ass. He didn't yeah. listen to the rhyme. Yeah. yeah what about uh, beer then hashish? Sheesh. <laughs> you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, that's good stuff, mate. No need to go for a second draft on that one. That was perfect. Nailed it. Put, do you reckon we can put that on a T-shirt? Sell it, like, sell it at a market? I reckon we could sell that on our official merch store. That's right. Beer and hashish. Sheesh, you're fucked. <laughs> It's good stuff. Yeah, that is it's good, good stuff. stuff. Someone could design that for us. We'll get that in the shop pronto. Yeah, ASAP. <laughs> Send that to us and uh, we will sell it worldwide. <laughs> it's going to be big. This could be big. This could be big. Fashion changed <laughs> forever that day. <laughs> Sheesh, you're fucked. <laughs> and he was. They put him to bed. He's not in a good way. Mm. And they go back to the party and everyone's like, and people are apparently, they're talking about it at the party like, he didn't seem that drunk earlier. And they're like, oh, oh well. Anyway, now a lot of this recreation is based on that TV series Zero Hour as they recreated the whole night through testimonials. Okay. Through people that were there. After placing Dippy in his bed, Paris, his cousin, uh, put down his cousin's joints next to him and he noticed his drawer was open with some guns in it. Some guns. Some guns. So a couple of handguns. Okay. In his bedside drawer. Yeah, it would be in his gun drawer. Dave? The gun drawer. You don't have a gun drawer with just full to the brim with guns? I've got a gun room. Yeah, I've got a gun pit. No drawer can hold my collection. The neighborhood kids playing in the gun pit that I've got out the front. <laughs> they come in and they dive in. <laughs> we couldn't afford That's balls. A... <laughs> Not even snooker balls. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But he didn't think much of it. This is because Dippy had a long history with firearms, having received his first pistol for his eighth birthday. That's nice. That's a good... What uh, a good present. That's appropriate. And from there, would you believe it, guns became his obsession. Okay. He was an avid gun collector and even on a computer designed his own weapons. Okay. Which he, he designed something he called the perfect gun. The perfect gun. <laughs> he called it that. The perfect gun. Very cool guy. <laughs> I'm picturing it like Homer's perfect car. It's just got too much going on. <laughs> it's like a shotgun slash rocket launcher slash pistol slash flamethrower. It's got everything. Got GPS. Um, it's, got a, it's, got a, it's got a butt warmer on it for when you're out there shooting in the cold. Popcorn maker. He also had access to the palace armory, which stored some serious weapons. His military training and passion for hunting led him to be a great shot. Apparently, he was more accurate than all of his guards. That was a point of pride. Okay. Well, I don't think that should be a point of pride. I'd be concerned. <laughs> get better guards. Yeah, get better guards. <laughs> I want guards that are going to protect me. He's purposely hiring guards that don't have good shots so that he can be better than them. <laughs> they all get tested yeah. and anyone who's a great shot, they do not get hired because he's... Proud of being better than him. They have to be okay, but he has to be better. <laughs> yeah. They have to shoot, the, you know, that big square target. They've got to hit the paper at least, you know, but no bullseyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. something he does. 
No. He's not even actually that good. He hits the third ring, so they have to be worse <laughs> than that. If someone shoots the target, he's like, oh, and then he shoots them. Works out well. From close range, so it was quite easy yeah, to do. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you got a bullseye? Well, so did I. Bang. <laughs> and he still only wings them. Yeah. <laughs> he aims at their head and somehow shoots their toe off. <laughs> and because of his passion for hunting birds around the palace grounds, the guards were used to hearing gunshots at night. Right. Great. So no one's thinking of this. Still in bed, Dippy's forbidden girlfriend, Devyani, called him on his mobile, but he was incoherent when he answered, and when she called back, he didn't answer at all. The unanswered calls were redirected automatically to the palace's security office. Devyani asked if they would check on the crown prince. So they sent a couple of staff members up. They checked on him, but he dismissed them saying, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm just drunk. I'm just drunk. Leave me alone. Get, go get me some hash browns. Hashish browns. <laughs> Hashish. Put that in a t-shirt. <laughs> Hashish browns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, growing, getting bigger, it all means the same thing. Squarespace <laughs> makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And if you're worried about like, well, I don't know how to write stuff for a website and make myself look good, well, you can get help with the written content for your website with Squarespace AI. You can generate instant personalized results that highlight your brand identity you can explain what your site's about choose your tone enter what you need and bang you got some short and long form text baby so squarespace ai makes it easy to go live stand out and succeed online i'm so glad you had that bit because i thought it was pronounced squarespace ai (laughs) (laughs) anyway sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses or sell files your customers can download. I don't know if I'm hitting all these words as <laughs> intended, like PDFs, music, or ebooks. I would love to buy Matt's ebook. I'd like to buy Matt's course, and you you can do that. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Be more like Matt. Oh, one hundred one. Wow. How yeah. many? One, does it go to one hundred two? It goes all the way to one hundred two. <laughs> <laughs> You can customise everything with next-generation editing technology. You can create engaging lessons your audience will love and then set the price. You can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Matt, how much is it to be more like Matt 101? Oh, three mil. Wow. Wow. Like per month or? Yeah, USD. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com slash do. Do go on. So the last anyone seen of Dippy, he's gone to bed and everyone's like, oh, you know, I guess he's passed out for the night. At 8.45pm, the king rejoined the main party in the billiard room, leaving behind the queen mother and his wife, the queen, in that quieter room next door. Okay. A few minutes later, Prince Dipendra, Dippy, 
unexpectedly walked back into the party wearing full military fatigues and carrying a rifle and a shotgun. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no one, no one really took notice of him as they thought he was dressed to go out hunting like he often did. So nobody's worried that a very drunk man's just walked back into the room in military fatigues. No, they're like, oh, I guess he's going to go shoot some birds. All right. While dr- really drunk. While really drunk and possibly high. But uh, he did get everyone's attention when he walked up to his father, the king, who was engaged in a conversation, lifted his rifle and fired twice at his dad. The king fell and Dippy dropped the gun and left the party. So he just walked up to his dad and his dad was like, what are you doing? And he just shot him twice. (gasps) Far out. And this is the guy who's a good shot. A good shot. No, at point blank range, he doesn't miss. Oh, my God. I just realised that, like, I didn't, I don't know what the name of this episode is going to be. So I don't know what's going to happen. So that did surprise me. Yep. That surprised me too. It's so funny. I thought it was just going to be like a, a power struggle, not, yeah. not um, whatever you call king aside or whatever it's called. King aside. <laughs> Regicide. Regicide. Dave, that's only if the king's name is Reginald. <laughs> Which, uh, let me check my notes. Oh, hang on. No, it's not. So this is just king aside. King aside. <laughs> <laughs> so he shot, shot him twice in the chest. His, his dad falls to the floor. Dippy drops the gun and walks back out to the garden and everyone was in shock. What? Some thought that a horrible accident had happened to the gun had just gone off because not many people were concentrating. And those who had witnessed the violence were fully in a daze. Yeah, you're in shock. That is so unexpected. Yeah, everyone is like, what the hell? Is this some sort of a prank? Let's check the, the date. Wouldn't you be thinking if they orchestrated this? <laughs> That's right. A little bit of an entertainment for the party. Is Ashton Kutcher about to walk out of a cupboard and say, you got punked? Yeah. You got Reggie punked. The king, <laughs> the king gets up and he's like, he's the rubber bullets. So he had a, 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 a bulletproof vest on. He's like, ah. <laughs> got ya. No, one of the guests, Rajiv Shahi, the son-in-law of the youngest brother of the king, was a trained military doctor who, who was at the party. He rushed to the king's aid and tried to stem the flow of blood with his jacket. Wow. Next door, the queen and the queen mother, they had no idea what was going on. They're far enough away that they don't hear the shots or they hear the shots and don't think anything of That's it. That's how big these places are. Yeah. Don't hear shots. Again, and people aren't freaking out because he goes hunting most nights, so you hear, you hear bullets. Yeah. You hear shooting. So even the, the guards... The, they've got commandos on site for their protection. No one's noticed anything. No one really cares. Meanwhile, Dependra had gone back out into, this, into the garden to his gun bag that he had stashed out there. He replaced the shotgun but grabbed two further weapons, an M16 rifle and an MP5K machine pistol. Machine pistol. That doesn't sound good. Doesn't sound good. Sounds like the perfect gun. Did he invent that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dependra returned to the party, went back in with the guns, and when confronted by the king's brother, Durendra, who told Dependra to stop what he was doing, Dependra shot him at point blank. Oh, my God. So he shot the king's brother. His uncle? His uncle. Mm. From there, Dependra went on a spree. (gasps) Cold and free of any emotion, he was described as looking like a robot, expressionless like the Terminator 2, someone described him as. Great reference. Reference, but it's like, are you talking about the T1000 or Arnie's character? Which, <laughs> be specific here, there's two Terminators in that movie. <laughs> which one do you mean? Which one? Is this a critique of Arnie's wooden acting? What's going on here? He's playing a robot. Yeah, huh? 
Or are you referring to Robert Patrick? I mean, who are we putting down here? Yeah. Anyway, he went on a spree and over the next 60 to 90 seconds, he shot another 11 people in the room. Holy oh, shit. It's so, like, I mean, you know, it, it takes us several minutes to talk about it, but from, from him just walking out of his bedroom, shooting his dad, going out to the garden, it's like it's over in a flash. It's so, so quick. quick. So quick. You, you wouldn't have time to comprehend that the king was just shot and then maybe you're shot or people are, like that's wild. Mm. And people are walking up to him trying to sort of sort of talk him out of it and he just shoots him at point blank range. It's because oh. like that's your it's it's close family too, right? So you're kind of thinking like you you're not thinking with fear, you're going like, "Oi, oi, oi what's yeah. going on here?" and trying to calm things down. Whoa, that's wild. Shooting lots and lots of people. Paris, the cousin accused of the hit and run that mm. is his close friend, reportedly selflessly shielded a group of women who, like him, came out unscathed. Wow. And I believe he was one of the few people that said, what are you doing, with a gun pointed at him and Dependra didn't shoot him. It's one of the few people that wasn't shot. Oh. Palace security had heard screams and shouts and radioed all units to attend the scene, but it took them minutes to reach the room and when they did they found that the door was locked so they had to try and find another way in. Nobody had a key. No, and these, these are armed commandos who could have taken him out. Dependra left the room after shooting 11 more people and went back out into the garden. The queen and the queen mother were safe in the room next door and had no idea what was happening. Oh. But someone informed the queen of the terrible events and she ran after her son Dippy, running into the garden with her other son Prince Narajan. They think she was hoping to confront him to talk some sense into him. Oh, I think, which means they don't know. Yes, because when she got there, Dippy shot her and his brother as well. Oh, oh my, my God. God. I, I, didn't, I didn't know this story at all. Me either. It is so wild. And it's so recent and we were all alive. All, it's honestly one of the most wild stories I've ever come across in our show. This is awful. So he shot his brother, shot his mum before finally turning the pistol on himself shooting himself in the head, falling on a footbridge over a garden stream. Oh, my God. And just like that, the violence was over. The military finally got into the room and started administering aid to survivors. The king was still alive at this time but later died in hospital. Also dead was the queen, their daughter Princess Shruti and their son Prince Narajan, three of the king's siblings as well as one of their husbands and the king's cousin Princess Jayanti, King Barendra's first cousin. In total, nine people had lost their lives. Whoa. Four more were injured in what is known as the Nepal Royal Family Massacre. Okay, so now we know the name of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that also means that everyone listening has known this was coming all along, I suppose. And <laughs> Jess and I have just been and like, going, doopy-doo. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, they're taking this a bit lightly, aren't they? <laughs> like, that's what happens on all these episodes like that. There's yeah. often comments like, geez, they were being a bit insensitive in the lead up to this. We were like blissfully unaware. We didn't know. We didn't know. It was the bloodiest slang of any royal family ever recorded, ever. Wow. Think about all the kings and queens of the past that were like, brutal and knocking each other off left, right and centre. This is the worst. Almost the entire royal family had been wiped out in minutes. Far out. That's Is this awful. going to be like a King Ralph scenario? <laughs> well, almost that unexpected to you probably because but someone who was not dead was the gunman himself. Oh. oh. Prince Dependra, who'd shot himself in the head, had been taken to hospital where he survived on a ventilator. Oh, my God. And because, of course, he's next in line to the throne, whilst his family were cremated, he was declared King <gasps> of Nepal. Holy shit. I know. Oh, that's <laughs> awful. And because Dependra had been declared king, 
the Royal Palace issued a statement claiming that the shooting had been the result of an accident when an automatic weapon went off. The Prime Minister at the time even said, quote, according to the information we have, the incident happened by an accidental firing of an automatic weapon, seriously injuring the King, the Queen, the Crown Prince and members of the Royal Family. No one believed this story and it did not help quash rumours of some sort of conspiracy. Whoa. Yeah, like, I mean, who's believing... What are they? They meant to believe that they were all standing in a line or something? Like, it's <laughs> yeah. pretty unlikely that an accident yeah. led to nine people dying and four more being injured. I guess if it, if it was an automatic weapon spinning around or something. Mm. What they do? <laughs> yeah. I was trying to do that cool thing where you like flick it around before you put it in your holsters, <laughs> and it was going off the whole time. <laughs> So wow. Dipendra, despite the crimes, had been crowned the king. Oh. However, he never regained consciousness and he died in hospital three days later. Okay. Right, okay. That's how we get to the three kings in three days. Dave, does that mean that if he survived, he would have served as king? Like is it once you're king, you're above the law, you can't be, can, you know, is it anything like that? It's really difficult to say. I don't know. Apparently members of the family that had been at the party that had seen him kill people and then heard that he was king were deeply upset by it. Yeah, look, I think that's that's um, quite understandable. Yeah, Yeah. they were like, I I just found that extremely offensive. Yeah, I get that. I get that. So if he had survived, who knows? Maybe there there would have been a conspiracy to cover it up to try and keep him on the throne. But his uncle, his father's brother and Paris's father... Gyanendra was one of the few people not to attend the party and therefore survived, so he was named the next king, the king's brother. Oh, shit. So, like you said, three kings, three days. This was actually the second time that Gyanendra had been named king because briefly for three months as a three-year-old, when his father had fled the country after a plot had been found out against him and they left the three-year-old behind, the three-year-old was named king for three months and oh, so then yeah. the dad came back. Being a king's like riding a horse, I've heard. So for him it'd be, yeah. he'd just slip straight back in. Exactly. It. But he forget. wasn't the king this time, so he must be the younger brother of the king that was just killed, right? Of yes. Dippy's so I dad. guess his brother must have been, he must have fled with the family. They just Was it like a Home Alone situation? He was <laughs> yeah. the Kevin. They left the three-month-old behind. <laughs> I think they were like, let's take the the, uh, the heir to the throne. Who cares about the spare to the throne? So they left him behind. <laughs> <laughs> they left him behind. I haven't behind. heard that before. That is, that's good stuff. <laughs> spare to the throne. David, you are the pun master. <laughs> That's definitely not one of mine. Definitely not one of mine. You are so bad, Dave. Can't, can't claim it. <laughs> what are you like? What are you like? <laughs> so the country of Nepal and honestly a lot of the world, the people that knew about it, I never knew about it as a 10 or 11-year-old, but no. they, were, they were truly shocked by the events of June the 1st. The nation went into mourning, some showing their sadness in different ways. Part of the grieving public took to the streets and rioted for several days. The new king... Guy and Endra appointed a two-man investigation team to look into the massacre. Over seven days, the duo interviewed more than 100 people, including eyewitnesses, palace officials, guards and staff. They concluded that Dipendra had indeed carried out the massacre, but they drew no further conclusions. Wow. You know, seven days, like as if that's long enough for something of this magnitude. Well, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to do a... Um... It's going to do a Craig David. <laughs> oh, of course, on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> you start Tuesday, you go for a drink. Yeah. <laughs> Making love by Wednesday. Interview survivors <laughs> on Tuesday. 
<laughs> and of course, you chill on Sunday. <laughs> I just, I couldn't, I couldn't start it, and no, I, it's I funny. stopped. I'm sorry. It's, good, it's great stuff. It's good stuff. This little, like, sh- pretty shitty investigation, and the fact that there were no further conclusions. They're like, "Yep, he did it." Wow. End of story. This didn't help quash any rumours, and many spoke of conspiracy. Many doubted that the popular crown prince who the people loved could have been responsible for such an unspeakable act. The act would set in motion an unstoppable chain reaction that would change their country forever. And to many, a few things didn't add up. Let's see what you think of this. Okay. Dipendra was right-handed, but had shot himself in the head with his left hand. Also, his pistol had been fired twice, but they don't know where the second bullet was fired. Oh, okay. Never tracked that down. There might have been a deer passing by. He was and he just <laughs> took a shot at a that. lover of hunting. <laughs> when you were telling about this story, I'm like, it, it does feel like the it is ripe for conspiracy theories because all the witnesses have pretty much been killed apart from, you know, a small handful. And, yeah, it just feels like it's it's so wild. And it's exactly like I've been watching the X-Files lately, so... Yeah, <laughs> maybe this is why. But there's a lot of that sort of f- faking suicides and these sort of things. Putting the gun in the hand, and then and this has been the case in a in an, at least one episode where it was. Why did they they shot him with the right hand, but they're left-handed or vice versa? Hmm. Yeah, like so, Jess, you're a famous left-hander. Yeah, very we well known for being left-handed. Would you ever use your right for anything like shooting a gun or anything like if that? My or? left hand was a bit tired. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, he, he had shot lots of people. But no, because it would, it would just feel very It would wrong. feel weird. But that's just me. Some people are, uh, you know, uh, ambidextrous or... It's true. And so, uh, he's a great shot. Yeah. So I imagine that over time you're like, oh, I'm bored of shooting with this hand, I'll go with this hand. There's stuff I can do with my right hand. <laughs> okay. That sounded so sus. Okay. Okay. No, no follow-up questions. Absolutely no follow-up questions. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, God. How about this? An autopsy was refused on uh, Dependra, as was help from Scotland Yard, who had offered to conduct a forensic investigation of the crime. They said, no, thank you. They said, no, thank you. I mean, that's probably them just trying to... Yeah, just get it sort of in the past, put yeah, it behind Yeah, that's right, because it, it was quite a chaotic event. It's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? But it's also like we, uh, we, we, can, handle, we can handle our own investigation. We don't need Scotland Yard to come in, you know, we're, you know what I mean? Wouldn't yeah, they be yeah. Really pride I can see about why. as well, and or not even pride, just like uh, we're our own country. We don't need your help to investigate yep. uh, something like this. So you sort of get that. Maybe the family. Some people don't like the idea of of autopsies on their family members. It's just like a so. Mm. But yeah, it does all add to the doubt about. Does add to the it doubt. It does feel like a, a, maybe it's a cover up. Also, his residence in the palace was later destroyed, along with possible evidence of the crime. That's just with uh, events in the country rather than people destroying evidence. But, mm. like, that means we can't go... People can't go and revisit it 20 years later and sort of open up. You know how they go to the grassy knoll now and yeah. everyone still... Do, you can't do that anymore because a lot of the, the place is destroyed. People also asked, where were the palace guards and the aides? Why did it take so long for the commandos to respond yep. to protect their people? Many have and still speculate that the whole thing was actually a cover-up a planned event to possibly put King Gyanendra on the throne. They ask, why wasn't the uncle at the event? His son Paris also survived unscathed. Why was that? Okay. And you could say that's because he's friends with Dipendra. But, I mean, his mum and dad were pretty close to him as well, right? And he didn't have any trouble killing, like, Shooting brothers them. and sisters and 
parents. Yeah. Yes, though a lot of people do say, well, the reason, the most accepted reason for his crazy behaviour was they denied him marrying his love. Yeah. And they said they'd disinherit him. And a lot of the people shot were people that had told him, I don't think you should yeah, marry Yeah, okay. Her. I mean, we've all, got, we've all got that cousin that we wouldn't shoot over our siblings, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Mine's called Liam. <laughs> Hi, Liam. <laughs> Uh, whatever happened, the new king Guy Nendra inherited a kingdom in turmoil. He was not as beloved as the royal family and many blamed him for what had happened. Mm. It was, you know, a bad look for him. Sure. How brutal. If, if it, it was just as explained and he had, yeah. it was just pure luck that he wasn't there, house, and he's grieving his whole family dying and then yeah. yes, Everyone's people like, this are is blaming your fault. him for it. Oh, my God, that is a Yeah, they're saying that guy we love couldn't have done it, but you could have and he's like, but I didn't. He did. Yeah. Fiercely Republican Maoist politicians rode a wave of public resentment for King Guy and Endra to take the majority in the Constitutional Assembly. So they took advantage of the the uh, the hate against him and stoked that up a bit. Yeah, right. And remember, the Maoists are the ones that want to get rid of the king altogether. Mm. King Guy and Endra abided by the elected government for some time, but in 2005, this is obviously four years later, he dismissed the elected parliament to wield absolute power. Oh, I see. They started coming up and saying bad things against him and he went, fine, I'll get rid of the, the politicians altogether and I'll, be, I'll just be king again. I'll be a classic king. And some say his mistake was to try and suppress the Maoists and the other major political parties all at the same time. Often you'd play them off against each other, but he went, no, nah, uh, you're all gone. So it's difficult to, to control them all at once. King Guy and Indra promised that peace and effective democracy would be restored within three years. Okay. He said, it's give me 36 months, I'll get us back on track. But the period of direct rule was accompanied by a repression of dissent. So anyone speaking out against him was quashed. They were, they, they got shushed. Oi, oi. Oh, they went full library rules. Yeah. Yeah, there, was lot, there were prof- professional shushes on the People sl- tapping on the signs. Saying, hey, I think hey. you'd be all right at that, Matt. Sign tapper. Pro shusha. Oh, pro shusha, yeah, yeah. But I think I could also hold a sign that says, no bad-mouthing the king, and I could tap yeah. it no, while no. shushing. <laughs> yeah, see? See how good he is at that? You're really good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> You're also really good at going up, 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 ah, and putting up, 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 your up, up, finger up, up, up. over someone's mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll touch a stranger's lips. <laughs> Honestly, that usually silences them, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> They're shocked. <laughs> they normally go Not just away. Just lips. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's quashed the the political parties, but in April two thousand and six, this is from again from the Nepal government website. Another people's movement was launched jointly by the democratic parties, so they came together, focusing most energy in Kathmandu, the capital, which led to a nineteen day curfew. Eventually, King Gyanendra had no choice but to relinquish his power and reinstated the parliament. Wow. And let me tell you, there is an old legend in Nepal dating back to 1769. Nice. Nice. That's when Prithvi Narayan Shah conquered the three kingdoms and declared himself monarch. So the, the founder of the Shah dynasty that this whole family has been a part of. The legend is that the king was marching into the Kathmandu Valley when he came across a sage or a mystic and offered him some yogurt or soup. The holy man tasted it and returned the rest, declaring it blessed. 
Unwilling to eat the yogurt that had already been tasted by the sage, he didn't want any more of it, the king threw it on the ground. Okay. He went, yuck. The sage chastised the king for his pride and said if he'd eaten the yogurt, every one of his wishes would have been fulfilled. Instead, the yogurt had splashed across the king's ten toes, ensuring his dynasty would fall after ten generations. Oh. Guess what number wow. King Gyanendra <gasps> was? He Whoa. was lucky number 11. Wow. I've done lucky only had 10 toes. Yeah. <laughs> what if you'd only had nine? Oh, that's true. Maybe it's fortunate he had the full set. That's true too. Good point. you gotta, you got to think of a toe half full. <laughs> so he's number 11 and on May 28, 2008, the newly elected Constituent Assembly declared Nepal to be a federal democratic republic, abolishing the 240-year-old monarchy and bringing an end to the world's last Hindu monarchy. Wow. Only that king had eaten some yogurt. You should have eaten that yogurt. The country that believed their royals were living Hindu gods gave the surviving family members 15 days to get out of the palace. <laughs> so they gave an eviction notice wow. to the king. Uh, the palace is now a museum where you can go and see the royal crown jewels on display. Ooh. That was in 2008. Nepal today has a president as head of state and prime minister heading the government. Although Gyanendra is still alive, the last king... Two decades after the massacre, there are still public calls for the monarchy to be reinstated. Oh, Some really? people want it. Wow. The ABC in Australia reported last year, May 2021, quote, thousands of people gathered in Kathmandu seeking an end to the democracy and a return of King Gyanendra. King, please come back and save our country, they chanted. We want the monarchy back. Abolish the republic. Okay. So is this story over? We don't know. Wow. Dave, when you said Kathmandu, do you mean the capital city or do you mean uh, a retail outlet for the hiking gear manufacturer? <laughs> I meant both. There's a, actually a retail Whoa. inside Kathmandu, if you can believe it. I can't believe wow. it. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that is the end of the story so far, the Nepalese royal family massacre. Well done, that Dave. Is a great a sto- Well, it's not a great story. Yeah, a oh, hectic story. It's, it's unbelievable. I know. It's certainly one of my less... Um, fun stories, but also it was so unbelievable. I, I, I just when I learned about it, I was like, I've got to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, that is fascinating. Wow, and 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 wild that it happened so recently, and yes. we had no no recollection of it at all. Yeah, because it sounds like you know, like a massacre from two hundred years ago or something. But you know, it yeah. happened with automatic weapons in our lifetime. Yeah, wow. It's just so many sad elements to it as well, obviously, or the loss of life, but also that sort of forbidden love story and, yeah, just yeah. A, yeah. a lot of sad elements, yeah. Yeah. But that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show uh, where we get to thank a few of our great supporters uh, who get involved at patreon.com slash dogoonpod or dogoonpod.com. And uh, there's a bunch of different... Rewards? What are some of the different rewards people get, Bopper? They can get uh, three bonus episodes a month, early access to uh, tickets to live shows. Um, one of the bonus episodes we do is Phrasing the Bar, where we watch the entire discography of Brendan Fraser and it is an absolute joy. Oh, so good. I mean, so many bad movies, but he is always so good. What a man. What a man. The phrase. Uh, another thing we like to do uh, is a section called the fact, quote, or question section, which has a jingle, I think, goes something like this. Fact, quote, or question. Ding. Uh, 
he always remembers the ding. And uh, to get involved in this, you sign up on the Sydney Schomburg level, then you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. You also get to give yourself a title. Uh, people also sometimes offer brags and uh, suggestions or really whatever you like. Anything they want. Anything you want. It's up to you. Uh, so first up this week, we have one from Jez Gleason, uh, who's given themselves the title of Head of Renaissance Costume at the Do Go On Time Travel Agency. That is very handy stuff. That is good so stuff. I think we talked about a while ago that one of us were going to time travel back to the Renaissance. Dave, maybe you? And you can't just go there in your smart, casual, daily wear, your normcore clothes that you wear day to day. You'd be, you'd probably be strung up as a witch. <laughs> That's right. Whoa, what is this fabric you wear? <laughs> Cashmere? Luckily, Jez is here to, um, to make sure you fit in. Uh, I look forward to you speaking the language. I think it's a lot just adding ye to a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Uh, so Jez has offered a fact writing, Hello Matt, Jess and Dave. One of my favourite historical figures is Mary I of England, daughter of Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon, a previous report subject. I genuinely bought, I think, about 12 books about her over the several Melbourne lockdown periods. I guess I mm. averaged two books per lockdown. So I thought I could give you a fact about her. Despite the historical popular belief... Until relevantly recently uh, that she was an inept ruler who didn't know what she was doing and a political disaster because she was never educated to rule, she was the only one of Henry VIII's children to be sent to Ludlow at the age of nine. At the time, heirs to the throne were sent there to proceed over their own court. I said proceed. Proceed? Whatever. Sorry. (laughs) I only read these when I'm reading them, Okay. Yeah. So don't look at me like that, Dave, you dog. (laughs) So in preparation for the eventual ascension to the throne, that's why they go to Ludlow. Uh, So, yeah, Mary was definitely taught how to be a monarch. Elizabeth I was declared a bastard at three after her mother's execution and Edward VI became king at nine, so that's probably why Mary's sibling never went and proceeded over Ludlow. Uh, sorry that it was a bit long. Love the pod. Even have got my mum into it. Jez. Ah. Oh, thanks, Jez. And thanks, Jez's mum. Yes, and thanks to Mary the First. Uh, next one comes from Austin Horst, who has the title of Executive VP of Procrastination. Uh, sorry it's taken me so long to chuck in another submission. A lengthy title, but a lovely title. Austin's asking a question, writing... Are you guys still planning to do Do Go D&D soon? I really enjoyed your first adventure. I've listened through a few times now. It was awesome listening to you guys learn how to play and nailing it. P.S. I started listening to D&Ds for nerds after those apps, so thanks for the introduction. Hey, no worries, Austin. Yes, we, that is something we talk about. It's actually last time we talked about it. We were talking about maybe having a, a Patreon stretch goal if we hit it and doing maybe starting to do a monthly... A D&D game on the Patreon. So mm. maybe we should uh, – that's a good reminder, Austin. That is a good reminder. So if people haven't heard it, you can uh, – if you join up on Patreon, as one of our almost 150 bonus episodes, you instantly unlock uh, access when you support the show. And, yeah, we, we did a, what, a six-episode campaign where we all picked a character and learnt how we're doing with Adam Carnavale from Sans Pants. And he was our, 
our DM, Dungeon Master, and it was so fun. Great fun, wasn't it? Yeah, I I was sleazy. That was fun, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. My character was called Casino Musgraves. <laughs> <laughs> I was just hitting on everyone. Yeah, you're a pervert. <laughs> I, was a, I was a perv. Perf. Jess Pervkins. <laughs> 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 Thanks for that reminder, Austin. Next one comes from Lily Morley, aka Tired IT Girl. Tired It Girl. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, tired kidding. It Girl. I'm kidding, <laughs> no, I'm kidding, right. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's very possible because <laughs> IT was capitalised, so maybe maybe just wanted me to really hit it. Tired It Girl. Yeah. So Lily's question is, do you and your households have any inside references for generic things around the house uh, slash in life that if anyone else heard, they'd think you've gone mad? Or <laughs> Jess, you'd have some of these, surely. Oh, uh, Lily's answered her own question, which we always encourage. Yeah, please. Uh, the question is to do, writing, to answer my own question, my boyfriend and I always say, I'm going to take a sure by sure Lloyd. Am I saying sure right or is it share? It's Cher, isn't it? I don't know, whatever. I'm going to take a share by Cher Lloyd uh, when we go to take a shower, inspired by the Disgusting video because at the beginning oh. of the video the girl says, I'm going to be singing Cher Lloyd by Cher Lloyd and it sounds like she's saying shower because of her accent. If you haven't <laughs> seen the video, I would recommend. Ah, that's funny. I mean, I have seen the video but um, I didn't remember that part. That's fun. Um, oh, that's a, it's such a good question. And it is often the case, uh, particularly when, I mean, it happens when you live with friends or, or family or, or a partner that a lot of like the talk around the house sort of becomes shorthand and in jokes a lot. Yes, yes, totally. Um, but I'm trying to think of. <laughs> I've gone blank as well. Yeah, but I know there are, but it's more. What I'm thinking of is like um, when I was living at the studio. They were uh, Andy at one point uncovered a second like like the landlord had um, nailed off a little room and Andy was trying to figure out what it was and it turned out to be this toilet which was horrendous in there like it was <laughs> it was uh, so we ended like ended up that was called the disgusting toilet who's using the disgusting <laughs> toilet but I don't know if that's did quite people use it question or not yeah I think people we ended up filming like a six part sketch series in there. Where Alistair. Oh, that was that one. The disgusting toilet apartment. I love that. But were people actually using it as a. Did it work as a toilet? Yeah, it ended up. Yeah, Andy fixed it up (laughs) and it ended up being a second toilet. The disgusting toilet's free if you need it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Something we add, uh, I say, at uh, at the end of things. Uh, Like, for example, it started because I was cold. Uh, one night when we first moved into this apartment, it was it was very cold, and uh, I said I was getting into bed, and I kept saying "burr," and I wasn't getting the appropriate sympathy that I required. So I said "burr," I say, and now we just say "I say" at the end of things a lot. It's a bit of fun. Uh, it's sort of it's sort of like acknowledge me, <laughs> "burr," I say. Can you think of anything, Dave? It's hard, isn't it? I know there are. There must be so many. There's so many. Um, most of the nicknames for our dog. Oh my god! Yes. I um I like to sing popular songs, but just replace words with pup. Yep. My name is Alexander Hamel Pup. <laughs> for example. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah, I've told you one of ours, which is my, his name is Goosey. He is a good boy. <laughs> There's That's a lot. So we sing funny. to the dog a lot. We call the dog a lot of different things. Sometimes when we're talking to each other, we just refer to him as boy. Has boy been fed? Have you fed boy? How is boy? And that's it. If you like Penelope Humphrey. <laughs> that's good. The... Yeah, that's yours. You can have that. That's almost too Pina good to be honest. puppy maybe? <laughs> Living La Vida puppy. Oh, living La Vida puppy. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, thank you very much <laughs> for that question, stuff. Lily. You know what? We're all going to go home and over the next few days just like these are going to come out a lot and be like, oh, I wish I thought of that one. It's that kind of thing. Yes, totally. Next one and final one for this week comes from Detective Herbert Covington. And it's another question. Uh, I love it. Detective's already got a title. He's, but he's given himself another title, which is Official Three-Person Bicycle Mechanic of the Patented Dugo-On-Mobile. Very handy. Thank you. Very handy. It does break down a lot. It does. Uh, and the, de- the good detective has a question as well, writing, Howdy all, I hope you're doing well. I've missed the podcast so much and I'm beho- oh, super behind since I've been in welding training for over six months. Uh, while I did have access to your lovely podcast, I put off listening to it because I was so tired and busy all the time that if I did listen, I wouldn't be giving it 100% of my attention and I would miss <laughs> interesting info about topics as well as y'all's lovely banter. The long-winded prelude brings me to my question. It says the Weekly Planet got the same treatment. I don't know if you'd need to bring them into this, Detective. <laughs> mm. You know we're fierce rivals with those boys. <laughs> those naughty boys. Anyway, getting to his question, what is a piece of media you enjoy so much that you'll put off watching, listening to it until you can give it your absolute attention? For me, it's obviously this podcast. Cheers to catching back up on six plus months worth of episodes. Hey, enjoy. Hopefully, I think we've I think we've done some good ones over the last six months. Yeah, been some good been stuff some in good there. Stories told. Answer for me is uh, none. I will almost exclusively now put on a TV show and then be on my phone playing a little game. Oh, so you don't enjoy anything. I really struggle to actually focus on something. Is that sad? <laughs> what, have you just oh. not found something you like enough to? Yeah. As long as you're enjoying yourself. I went and saw Doctor Strange and the Multitude of Happiness or whatever and he, yep. through that, I, I found myself pretty quickly just on the phone. I was doing Wordle and, uh, you know, in the cinema? Like, what am I doing? I've just paid to go see this movie in a cinema. And even then I'm... I think that's about right with that movie. Um, for me, <laughs> I frequently put off the last episode of something because I don't want it to be over. Yeah. I didn't watch the last episode of Poirot, <laughs> Curtain, Poirot's last case, for about 18 months after. The da- this is yeah. the David Suchet TV. And then for me, I still haven't watched the last episode of The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary because I was loving it so much. Two years it's been since it came out. but I, And now I, if I wanted to watch it, I'd have to go back and watch, watch the first nine yeah. episodes again. But I was just loving it. I was like, oh, I don't want to watch it on my phone. I want to watch this properly because yeah. I've loved this series so much. And then I've just put just it off so much I've forgotten what it was about. Yeah. Basketball mostly. That, that was <laughs> Michael Jordan, Dave, was a big part of it. <laughs> it was uh, very obvious. I'm actually a fan of his baseball career, so... <laughs> 
Well, that's touched on as well. But the um, I reckon rarely does a series end in a satisfying way. So that's yeah. another good reason to not watch the last episode. I can't. I, I reckon it would happen like less than ten percent of the time where I watch the last episode. Something go that was great. But I think I'm norm- there's normally one series at a time that I'm enjoying and I'll, I haven't watched the last few episodes of Winning Time yet, which I was quite enjoying, and that's because I've been like, oh, on the plane I could watch it or I'm tired and at home, but I'm like, no, I want to watch it when I can actually sort of relax and enjoy it. Mm. Um, another basketball one, that is. But, yeah, there's probably, I reckon there's, always, there's one at any, at any point I'm watching something that is like that, I reckon. On one of the one of the new streaming shows or something, I've been um, binging X Files, and uh, yeah, but I there's been a few episodes where I couldn't tell you much about what happened because I've been distracted <laughs> by my phone. Next, what we like to do is thank a few of our our other great supporters, uh, and Jess normally comes up with a little game here based on the topic at hand. Ooh, that is a tough one on a massacre episode. <laughs> Yeah, I think you might have to go tangential. Yeah. Maybe a forbidden love. Who their forbidden love is. Yeah. And maybe it could be a person or or whatever. It could be a it could be a thing. Yeah. What do you reckon, Dave? Forbidden love? Yeah, let's give it a crack. What let's wh- have a go. Who or what is their forbidden love? All right. Well, I'd love to kick it off if that's okay with you. Uh yeah. and first up from Werribee in Victoria, home of the Open Range Zoo, it's Jessica Bickham. <gasps> Jessica Bickham has a forbidden love with the giraffes from the Werribee Open Range Zoo. But oh. Their love so is kept apart by several fences. I love yeah. the Werribee Zoo. I've been there a few times over the last few years um, just to get out and about a bit. And it's, yeah, the, the zebras are amazing just to see them. Well, last time I went there, they walked up because oh, it's sort of an open range zoo. You probably figure that from the name. Yeah, they were just they walked right up to the bus, and I'm like, Holy oh, that's cool. Fuck, that's a real giraffe right there. <laughs> you know, it was like that surreal moment. Whereas I've been to other zoos around the world, <laughs> and you know they're normally in a, like a, a cage thing, and you're like, yeah, that's a zoo, that's a, a, a giraffe, whatever. It's almost like you're watching one on TV. <laughs> Do you often get giraffes and zebras mixed up? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Dave and I, we, we talked about it years ago that we, we wanted to go on a, a, an African safari at one point. That's still on the cards, Dave? That's still my number one dream holiday destination. What, whereabouts was it again you wanted to go? I'd like to go to the Atosha National Park in Namibia. My dream. Amazing. Yeah, I'd, I'd love it. I mean, if I'm getting blown away... In Werribee, you know. <laughs> then I imagine if I could get over there, I'm, my head will explode. You'll you'll say, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> uh, Jessica, <laughs> hope, hopefully your secret romance with the giraffes works out okay. Next, I'd love to thank from London in Great Britain, Jamie Alcantara. Uh, Jamie Alcantara, forbidden love, of course, being with the bees. Ah, you know, like that Nicolas Cage scene where he's like, the yes. bees. Ah, oh, bees. <laughs> the Wicker Man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that. It's the only, I've never seen it, but Tony Martin uses it a lot in Sizzletown. Whenever bees are mentioned, he plays the clip of Nicolas Cage 
yelling out, ah, it's the bees, the bees. It's the bees. So, uh, yeah, Jamie's got a forbidden. He also knows that, um, you know, the bees are kind of, they're, they're doing it tough and he knows that him and the bees can't yeah. procreate more bees. So he feels some responsibility there to, um, you know, maybe certainly yeah. the bees' parents do not approve. They're like humans have been part, part of the reason why we're in such in this mess in the first place. Yeah, now you want to waste the opportunity to repopulate by running off with a human. No, I won't allow it. Buzz, 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 buzz. And finally from me, I'd love to thank from York in Great Britain. It's Nathan Bauer. Nathan Bauer. Obviously, York is very posh. We know this from one person who told us that once a few years ago when we were in Leeds. Uh, Nathan is in a, uh, a secret relationship with their driver. Oh, forbidden love! That is sexy. The limo driver. The limo driver. <gasps> Scandal! That's hot. That's actually hot. Oh, we love that. That is real hot. Yes, yeah. <laughs> love that hot. very much. Uh, thank you to Nathan, Jamie, and Jessica. Popper, do you want to thank a few? I would love to thank some people. I would love to thank from Reservoir in Victoria. Surname unknown, but I'd love to thank Lockie. Ooh, Lockie. Lockie in a forbidden uh, romance with Lakey, a sentient lake. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> a sentient lake. Not a person named Lake. No. Uh, but in fact, a sentient lake. And uh, why can't Lockie lake. and Lakey be together? I think that some people would look down on that, so... How dare you swim in my wife? <laughs> yeah, constantly trying to trying to fence off his wife. <laughs> but at the same time, wanting to liberate her to be free. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, hey. honey, I don't want to hold you back. I'm just trying to keep people out of you. <laughs> but then, but yeah, he realises that uh, the most joy Lakey ever has is when people are frolicking within her. So... Yeah, it's pretty, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Oh, I don't, I don't Ugh. envy you, Lockie or Lakey, but we thank you for your support. Uh, next so. for me, I would love to thank from Harold's Cross in Dublin and uh, obviously in Ireland, an incredibly Irish name, which I mean, as we learned a couple of weeks ago on the uh, uh, Gronya episode, I'm not going to sit here and laugh or or be a dick. But I don't know how to pronounce this name. Um, Dave, could you Google it? All right. But it's, I mean, there's a BH in there, so it's got like a V sound. It looks like it would be something like Aviana. That's an absolute guess. Oh, I'm going to have to watch a YouTube video. Yeah, it's the only way. Okay. Avine. Avine. But there's an A at the end as well, so it might be Av. Oh, so I was pretty close. Yes. Maybe Avina. Um, Avina Hobson. Please feel free to let us know how we went there. We really had a stab there. I know BH is a V sound, so I had that at least. But a beautiful part of the world, Dublin. We love Dublin. We love Dublin. Oh, those hot birds you have over there. Oh, my God. That Well, that's the forbidden hot love. Magpie. Yeah. Those <laughs> oh, sexy, sexy magpies. Holy shit, they're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, forbidden because we want them for ourselves. Yeah, give it. <laughs> give us that bird. I want to love that bird. Um, so congratulations and I hope, obviously, if you're in Dublin, you would see those birds around a lot and I hope that's not too painful for you, <laughs> you know, because, you know, distance and time heals all wounds but when you're seeing the 
the thing you love the most all uh, the time. It must be very difficult. That's tough. That's tough. Uh, finally, for me, I would love to thank from, uh, what is this? Wyella in South Australia. I would love to thank Isaac. 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 One Z, two A's. Ooh. That's fun. One K. One K. Isaac. <laughs> and in... an I. I just wanted to, uh, the I was being left out. <laughs> Forbidden love with the Mona Lisa. Wow. Can't take that off a wall. About a month ago, we did the episode about uh, marriage equality in Australia and talked about a few batshit moments in Australian politics. YL's one of the, reminded me of one of the other classic ones where Labor MP Craig Emerson did the most one of the most awkward um, press conferences out in in one of the yards at Parliament House. He oh. had a little tape recorder and he pressed play and it was the music to um, horror movie by Oh Skyhooks. Skyhooks. But he changed the words to no Yella, wipe out. Here on my TV, no why yellow white bat. Here on my TV, no why yellow Oh my god! It doesn't work it at was, all. It doesn't work. It was it was brutal. Uh, very very brutal to watch. <laughs> yeah, talking about jobs being wiped out in his home electorate or something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, I see. That's great stuff. That is good stuff. <laughs> But back to Isaac and Isaac's forbidden love with the Mona Lisa. What's the what's the issue? You can't take Mona Lisa home. Yeah, exactly. I mean, start a life together. There's people lining up all the time for a photo, and you're like, "Can I have some privacy?" Yeah, do you mind? Uh, her eyes are following me around the room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> for your eyes only. Yeah, there's a reason you can't bloody touch. Okay, look, but no touch. Thanks. <laughs> that is my wife. <laughs> On you, Isaac. And I would like to thank uh, from Mitchum here in Victoria, Steph Kendall. Steph Kendall. What do you reckon? What's what's Steph Kendall's forbidden love? Uh, Steph Kendall's forbidden love is Keanu Reeves. Oh, it's hard. It is hard. But uh, Steph knows that she she and Keanu, while what they have is electric. <laughs> she can't be with him. Can't be it's with him. It's ethereal. Is yeah, that anything? It's... <laughs> It's 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 one of those things of like right person wrong time. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That's so sad. It's so sad. It's actually really sad. Sorry, Steph, to bring it up. I know it's a bit of a sore point for you, but yeah, it's beautiful, and maybe one day they'll make it work. But for now, it is forbidden. Sorry, <laughs> you can't be with Keanu. I meant ethereal. All right. You said ethereal. Oh, did I? Yeah. I think I said it with a f, not a th. Oh, I see. I feel like I merged two words together. Which is my right. And how dare you try and stop me speak my truth, which no is ethereal, no, a made-up no word. One, Jess, no one has stopped you. <laughs> I, I won't have it, Jess. You won't silence me. Oh, shut up. <laughs> oh, here we go. Being shushed again at the library all yeah. over again. Shush, 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 shush. I would also like to thank from the Netherlands, from I believe it's part of The Hague, I would like to thank... Tim Van Rossum. What's part of the Hague? I believe the city name we've been that it says here. Yeah, and what's that city name? Because this is what you did to me recently. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the Hague. I'm saying that right. It's absolutely perfect. That's right. S. Graven Hage. Yep. Thank you very much. I <laughs> uh, appreciate your support there, Tim Van Rossum. Yeah, Matt. What is Tim's forbidden love? Tim Van Rossum, forbidden love with a possum. <laughs> 
<laughs> and why is it forbidden? It's a bit crook, well, isn't it? Yeah. And the, the, well, it's mainly because his neighbours hate the mating sounds of possums. That's pretty full. Uh, yeah. They also don't love yeah. the idea that uh, the possum's name would become Possum Van Rossum. They're like a bit on the nose, actually. <laughs> the possum's name is Possum. Yeah. Oh, my God. Dave has gone so petty that he is now listening to how to pronounce it. He's taking his headphones out, Matt, so you can say whatever you want about him. He's putting his headphones back in. Here we go. Ready to nail it. It's fucking half and... Thank you so much. That you felt were, offensive. You were not close that at felt all. offensive. Half and half. That no, that feels that feels offensive. That feels you can't you can no, hear that? That feels. I think you nailed it. Half and half. Okay. Dave's got heritage from that part of the world. That vague. That's right. My area, uncle lives so. in Amsterdam. You know, it's good stuff. You know, I think he got it. <laughs> uh, so just the last one. A shout out to Davo. Oh uh, yes, I let's see if I can pronounce this one. Sunny Bank. Incorrect. Incorrect. Sunny Bank uh, in Queensland. Logan Husky. Ooh. It's Sunny Bonk. <laughs> <laughs> Logan Husky is one of my favourite names. I love it so much. That's that, a gr- incredible name. That is such a good name. So good name. Logan Husky. All right, who's got a forbidden love for Logan? Logan Husky. Uh, forbidden love with. His music teacher. Oh who, no! They're the they're the same age, you know. They're both okay. adults, and it, but people, the other students are like, she, her only loves allowed to be with the music. So other yeah. other class members have put a stop to it. Right, jealousy? Do you reckon? Yeah, it seems like jealousy. But they just <laughs> yeah, they're like. To them, she's only a music teacher, but to Logan, she's so much more. That's so pedestrian of them. <laughs> I know it's a very weird take that they've had, but she I'm only is reporting nothing but the a truth. music teacher. Wow, that yeah. is rude. Yeah, disappointing. Well, there you go. I'm sorry, Logan. I'm sorry. It just wasn't meant to Logan be. Logan Husky, what a name! What a name! Thank you so wow. much to Logan, Tim, Steph, Isaac, Lockie, Nathan, Jamie, Jessica, and Jess. The last one there in the middle from Dublin. Aviana? Avina. Oh, yeah, it looks more like Aviana. Avina. Thank you or so Aviana. much. Fantastic work. Oh, such a great name. Either way. Uh, and the last Beautiful. thing we like to do is uh, open up the doors to the Triptych Club, which is a club, an exclusive club for supporters who have been supporting us for three straight years on the shout-out level or above. Uh, and in this club you get... Lifetime entry. Once you're in, you're in for life, whether you like it or not. And um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful place. You come in, you can enter in, uh, any time, kick back, enjoy, you know, the ambiance. Uh, I'm on the door. I've got your name. I'll read it out. You'll be welcomed in. The crowd of uh, previous inductees will be there chanting along to your name as Dave hypes you up with some pretty weak wordplay and then Jess will hype Dave up because... He normally realises that he's done a pretty poor job. Can we and turn then, this guy down? Uh, Jess also makes a cocktail based on the topic of the day. Fucking <laughs> hell. And Dave, you also book a band. Who's the band you've booked this week? You're not going to believe this. I've actually booked a band from Nepal, our first Nepalese band live in the club, I believe. And that is hard rock band Cobweb. Ooh, Cobweb. Oh, I like it. <laughs> that is I good. Like that name. Been rocking since 1993. 
So you can come in, you can enjoy the sounds of cobweb with a full royal banquet I've put on for you. <laughs> however, okay. however, while you enjoy this royal banquet, there are going to be some people who are better dressed than you and clearly have more money than you being very patronising. Uh, going, oh, is that um, <laughs> is that what you eat for dinner, is it? Huh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, so it is going to be, you know, great food but probably not the best experience. And, yeah, so uh, I can't wait for Cobweb to play the after party but the main show, of course, is the induction of our new Triptych member. Only one this week. You ready for this? Oh, only one. Uh, I reckon an umlaut makes an O longer, doesn't it? It makes it from O to U. Is that right? I think so. I'm going to go with that. From Lurak in Deutschland, it's Dominic Schwind. Schwind. Well, some people like to schwindle their way into our club, but not you, Dominic. Not you, Dominic. We're rolling out the red carpet. Go on in. Yeah, Dominic. No schwindling for you. <laughs> you don't need to schwindle. See, Matt, and you were saying, oh, it's pretty poor wordplay. You wouldn't have thought of that. No. You would have said like, oh, Dom, Dom, you know, you would have done something shit. <laughs> Dom, I would have been like domina- yes. dominating. Yeah, would have, yeah nothing that as good as sucks. Schwindel. That is awful. <laughs> oh, my God. How do you look at yourself? <laughs> I don't I, hear the, the window. Really? I, hear, I hear the schwind. As time goes on, looking in the mirror is a bigger battle every day. But um, <laughs> welcome into the club, Dominic Schwind. I can't believe how many great names we've had today and that is just another Incredible. one of an all-time greats. Um, so that pretty much brings us to the end of the episode. Now, anything else we need to say, Bopper, before we go? Uh, that you can head over to our website, dogonpod.com, and that's where you'll be able to find a whole bunch of information. You can suggest a topic and you can uh, buy yourself some new merch. Oh, yeah. We've got some great stuff up there um, and we'll be adding heaps more in the coming weeks, months, etc. So keep checking that and check out our socials at dogonpod across Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you can always email us at dogonpod at gmail.com. Fantastically said. Thank you. Hey, you mind if I add one thing? No. That is, if you want to tune in next week, we'll be back then with another episode. What? We'll say thank you so much for listening and until then, I'll say goodbye. Laters. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.